Hello, and welcome to the final episode in this series of the Health and Wellbeing podcast. This is a companion to the primary care excellence work that has been created for all primary care staff in Greater Manchester. I'm Lynn Marsland, and I've loved hosting this series. I've been so lucky to speak to some fascinating guests with great advice about how new leaders can become great leaders, mindfulness, effectively managing change, and a range of other helpful guidance about looking after our own and others' health and well-being. If you've missed any episodes, you can go back and download them anytime from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your colleagues so as many people as possible hear the series. We've created this podcast because health and well-being is vital to you being able to do your jobs effectively. But we know it's been a very difficult time for many of you, particularly in the last couple of years. One area of healthcare that has seen a rise in stress and burnout is dentistry. But work is being done to support our dental workers. Our guest today is Beverly Morehouse. Bev is Dental Education Programme Manager at Health Education England. Hi Bev and welcome. Please can you start by telling us a bit about why the programme in dentistry was started? Hi Lynn and thank you for having me. The programme was started because we know that stress, anxiety and burnout are becoming increasingly prevalent in dentistry and that was a survey in the British Dental Association in 2017. In 2019, a dental professional survey raised concerns about a programme which we then developed in 2019. So this was set out pre-COVID. We knew that stress and anxiety was very high in dentistry and we know there have been a number of fatalities within the profession, so we knew there was a need for the programme. And the Mental Health and Wellbeing programme began in October 2020. We undertook a scoping exercise across the dental teams to find out what support they would like with their mental health and well-being and to put that support into place. We developed various programmes to meet the needs of each of our dental professionals. So we do foundation dentists and therapists. We do our educational supervisors who support dentists in their first year after qualification. And we've also identified some mental health and wellbeing champions that work within our dental practices across the northwest to support the staff and their patients. And that's something that we've been working on since the beginning of the programme. Thanks, Bev. So what are the objectives that the programme seeks to deliver? So the programme will address the wider requirements of dental workforce around mental health and wellbeing agenda that is aligned to the NHS People's Plan around health and wellbeing. We want to shape and develop guidance that will ensure resilience is being put into practice and the provision of patient service and develop a package of learning that supports both staff and patients. And as I said, we did a scoping exercise and we're looking at uh, signposting to existing resources. Many times there's a lot of provision for NHS services, but not necessarily recognising dental services. So we wanted to do a bespoke programme that fits within the dental workforce, but a programme that could also be adopted across many primary care settings. So it could almost be a kind of a lift and shift type programme that we've developed. So can you tell me a bit more about how the programme works, Bev? 
So we made a bespoke training package to deliver various forms of training for the whole of the dental team. So we tailored training and we've delivered our training to our training programme directors, our peer advice support service scheme, educational supervisors who support dentists within their first year after qualification. And we also found it important that we also targeted our foundation dentists and therapists who had just come out of university and just qualified to help them recognise signs that they may be in distress or to help with their health and well-being. And then we identified local trainers who delivered the MEC for Mental Health Royal Society for Public Health Mental Health and Wellbeing Programme. This involves three two-hour webinars that the champions attend, which have been delivered virtually, which has been ideal through COVID because we've managed to reach a wider audience during this time. And we've also developed a practice manual that we give to our champions once they've completed the training. And within there, there's things like personal well-being plans so that the champion can have a one-to-one conversation with the staff members and, and see if they are well, if they need any support putting into place. We also advise the five ways to well-being, which is a recognised tool to use to keep people well. Uh, we've also put in there recognising somebody that may be in distress or at crisis point and being able to signpost those individuals to where they will get support from immediately. And we work very closely with the resilience hubs across the northwest. Now, the resilience hubs originally were set up in Manchester, so we had the one on the back of the Manchester bombing and it was set up to support staff in in distress. So they now will take direct referrals from NHS staff to do one-to-one coaching and counselling and offer support services to NHS staff. I think, you know, I'm very proud of the programme that we've developed. It is bespoke, but it means with the way we've developed it, it can also be used across many primary care settings because we've already put the work in, we've tried and tested it and it's working. It sounds really interesting. So you mentioned there about the five ways to well-being. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, of course. So there's a little acronym called MAGIC. So M is for mindfulness, taking notice when you go out into your surroundings, maybe taking your headphones out, taking notice of the birds and your surroundings. The A is for active, keeping yourself active, keeping busy. So again, going for that walk at lunchtime, just having half an hour out just to be out in the outdoors. The G is for giving. So again, giving to others and that may be supporting somebody, going, getting the shopping for them, uh, just being kind, really. And then we've got the interested bit, which is the I, is interested. So that's about keeping learning. Uh, and again, that may be something to do with work or it may be something that you want to do on a personal level. And for me, over the COVID lockdown, I took up knitting, which is a very strange thing to do. But uh, I, I learned how to knit uh, and that kept me very busy. And the C is for keeping connected. So connecting with friends or connecting with those that may be struggling or feeling isolated. So the role of the champion then, how would you describe that role? So originally when we developed this programme, it was to support the dental team. So it's to provide support, peer-to-peer support within our dental teams. And the champions, again, as I say, they will have a one-to-one wellbeing conversation with staff. So that's included as part of their appraisal so that we're making sure that staff are well and that they're keeping well. 
They attend health and wellbeing champion forums. So we will come together and we'll discuss case studies so that we can share knowledge and good practice and develop further ideas. And we also offer our champions some webinars that we've put together and they're called Looking After Me, Looking After You. And they are specific topics that they've identified that they would like to learn more about. So recently we did a suicide awareness session. We've done imposter syndrome, things like mindfulness, supporting the BAME community with their mental health and well-being because again it's not necessarily recognised in every culture mental health so you know they find accessing services very very difficult. So we've got lots of webinars over the next 12 months to support our champions and their role really is to provide that support is to be that to be that listening ear within practice to people that might want support, but also to recognise signs and symptoms of, of staff or patients that may be in distress. Many of our champions have supported people who may be at crisis point. So somebody who's, you know, who's a, a real severe mental health crisis and they've referred directly to the mental health crisis support team. So we've, we've also opened that door that they're not having to go through the GP. We can actually make that direct referral to the mental health crisis teams. So we're not having to delay the support that those individuals get. So it sounds like a, a really wide-reaching and very key role. What sort of feedback have you had from the champions themselves? The feedback from the champions has been so positive, it's been amazing. I've actually got a recording, if you'd like to listen to it, of one of our champions. That would be great, Of the yes. feedback she's given. Yes, thank you. Since becoming a mental health and wellbeing champion, I've developed confidence in offering support to those in need, including more than one patient who have actually been experiencing suicidal thoughts. I've reached out to external support services on behalf of those who've needed a helping hand as I've been provided with fantastic contact details of multiple support services. Receiving feedback from one patient who stated that just the fact that I was prepared to listen and offer some guidance made a massive difference in their situation as they just didn't feel so alone. They felt like someone actually cared. Becoming a champion allowed me to provide this essential time with the belief that I was providing the correct advice. The information which has been shared during the training has enabled me to support colleagues as well as patients, even allowing me to offer some guidance to people within my personal life. In truth, the training which I've received has even helped me to self-reflect a little and realise that whilst I'm offering support to others, I may just have been neglecting myself. The training providers and speakers who've been kind enough to share their knowledge and advice have been excellent. I've personally felt able to communicate openly during the sessions and I've actually felt empowered as an individual. The sessions are timed well so as not to be too long that there's an overload of detail and the arrangements have been excellent by slotting them into a lunch hour. It's one of the best training courses I've encountered as it's so extremely relevant and I can't commend the sessions highly enough. Wow, that was a really interesting feedback and the, the, the detail, the types of support that that individual has given is um, it's quite eye-opening really. What a great role. Have you had any feedback from the staff themselves? So we recently did an impact. We'd, we sent out an impact survey across the dental workforce to find out the impact the programme had had on the dental workforce. And we received an awful lot of feedback about how it supported people individually, how they've managed to support each other, 
Um, they'd had staff that was at crisis points, so again, they've been able to provide support for those individuals. So we've had lots of positive feedback, and I'm so proud of our champions. They are doing a super job. And for me, if we've if we've helped one person, we've done our job. Absolutely. But by the sounds of it, we've helped multiple people, so not just staff, but patients. And it reaches out to their relatives as well, because, again, they feel able to provide that support to their relatives. What an amazing programme. And are there any plans to build on this work that you've started across dentistry? At the moment, we are continuing to deliver this programme and we have been in discussion with uh, Greater Manchester Primary Care about them maybe adopting the model that we've got and then rolling that out within pharmacies and optometry and different settings across primary care. So, again, I'm very proud that we've developed something that, again, that can be shared and it's not having to be redeveloped, that they can literally just go and run with it. That sounds like an amazing piece of work, Bev. Thank you so much for taking the time today to to come and tell us a bit more about it. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Bev Morehouse for talking to me today. You can find out more about the project by heading to the show page. If you've missed any of the previous episodes, do go back and download them for free and we'd really love it if you could share them with your friends. We're really proud of this series and want as many people as possible to hear the useful advice from all our amazing guests. Don't forget there's a wealth of information and advice on the Primary Care Excellence webpage. All links are on the show page and we'd love to hear from you on our social media channels if, for example, you're involved in a project you want others to know about or if you have any ideas about topics we could cover in the future. The more we work together, the happier and healthier our workforce will be. This has been a Fresh Air production. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.